Let's bring on our panelists, Kevin Green and Scott Durfee, our contributors here on the TD Ameritrade Network, join me this afternoon. All right, uh, what did we learn here, Kevin, that 39? Uh, I think you were one of the folks that had a chart, too, uh, pointing to this yeah. level. And it, I mean, we closed on it to the T. Yeah, you got to love when the, the price actually hits right there at that resistance point. And right now, it's still going to be a current resistance point. So we need to continue to look at that particular level. What's also interesting is that the 3,900 strike price for those calls were actually the highest traded volume contracts today throughout the day. So it wasn't just the last hour or last half hour. So there seemed to be a little bit of a trend there. Uh, and right now, I think what we're seeing a little bit of a rebound from some of the sell-off that we saw last week, Oliver. I don't think we're out of the woods yet. We continue to see the five-year, we continue to see the 10-year uh, move to the upside, and I think that's really what's driving equity markets, especially the five-year and the two-year, and the five-year hit another uh, high today. So we want to keep in mind that uh, those rates, especially the shorter duration rates, are really pushing this marketplace. The 30-day Fed, uh, Fed funds futures for April are still pricing in about 4.5%. I'm kind of just shaking my head here to try to figure out uh, what's actually going to happen here on Wednesday when we have this rate decision. I know 75 basis points is priced in but oliver i am a firm believer that if they wanted to really stick it to the markets and make people wake up they might do 100 basis points uh yes that would rock the market but uh if you're looking at 75 basis points for wednesday and then another 75 in november as you were just talking about with your previous guest when do we start getting used to just 75 basis points? Is it going to be as effective? And I think that's going to be a risk that the Fed is going to have to address because we're looking at 75 now, November 75, potentially 50, uh, 50 basis points in December. That could move up to 75 basis points and then another 25 in February. I mean, that's a significant amount of, of rate hikes. You want to maybe push that forward. And that also could give the Fed some breathing room to say, okay, we did uh, one full point. Maybe we're going to take a little bit of a break, not to reverse or pivot, but to be able to see what the impacts are going to be for the economy. And I think that's also another concern that a lot of uh, equity traders and a lot of economists have out there. Okay. Um, yeah, that's an interesting notion. Uh, some of it we're already seeing. We, we kind of know some of these effects. Rates go up, housing under pressure, stocks under pressure. But, uh, yeah, if they deliver something, uh, you know, I, I think it'd be interesting to do the, uh, you know, yank the cord, pull the Band-Aid, and then wait to your point. You know, uh, try and apply a deep pressure and then see the result of it. Uh, but I guess we could kind of, uh, you know, string the dots together and figure if uh, this is what we've gotten over the last eight months by them taking it steadily and data dependent to going big uh, to the point of our previous guest there would be uh, pretty detrimental <laughs> to the market, to Chris's point, Scott. You know, it's not a big mystery how we're gonna respond if there's any hawkish surprise on Wednesday. Yeah, you're 100% right. Uh, there's zero mystery, actually, I think. You know, the, but we've, we're seeing some interesting uh, things, phenomenon happening in the markets. If you look at uh, any of the big charts right now, we're seeing actually some bullish type of candlestick patterns that are establishing and, and kind of forming right around those support levels. And so, you know, to Kevin's point there, I think that, uh, you know, if we see some movement, uh, we, we could see a bounce. I mean, we've got a big bullish engulfing on a hammer candle right now on the S&P. Uh, that alone at, at support. And so that alone can be kind of a bullish um, indicator. But here's the problem. You know, we focus on what's going on with the Fed. We focus on these interest rate uh, jumps and stuff like that, which we should. 
But there's a deeper problem, or I should maybe not deeper, but an additional problem that's somewhat out of the scope of the Fed, and that's labor. You know, what we have some stuff going on right now where we have actually seen a big power shift in labor markets from employers to workers, and that's drivers outside of the direct scope of the Fed tool. So pricing this will likely come down slowly. Uh, in other words, pricing in the markets, the prices that we're seeing, the inflation, it might move down slower than we're anticipating because of what's going on in the labor markets. You know, it's relevant yes. because higher wages They've risen at, risen at a pace that's been, you know, 5.2% in the last quarterly reading, reading. That's really fueling a spending boom. So how do we temper that spending boom? I think that's something that needs to be on the mind of all of us. And again, it's really kind of outside the scope of the Fed. So, you know, these things might take a minute for it to, to actually take effect for us, Oliver. It does seem like uh, that labor situation, again, is really the crux of this. Uh, I like that point because... Uh, that, you know, there was technical surprise in the inflation print, you know, even though it might have been just a smidge warmer on the month over month and, you know, positive instead of negative, though, arguably makes a big difference because it means people's expectations is in the wrong direction. And that's exactly what happened during transitory. When they were saying transitory, there were moments there were here on the show. We were saying you can't possibly call it. the idea of it being transitory is ridiculous when it's going the opposite way. There was no logical reason to believe that. And so now peak inflation argument loses a good bit of logic because of the last print, and it's because the employment situation remains fairly robust. I mean, that could work pretty well to explain some of the strength here too, Kevin. The reopened stuff is doing well. Today was very cyclical in nature. Today almost looked like we got a good data print or something like that, and the market actually liked it for a change. That's what was interesting today. We had yields generally up. You know, they, they cooled off once the market opened, but the yields still climbed on the day. And cyclical stuff worked. I mean, that's the way it should be. But we also have to just kind of remember, and I agree with you, right? But we also have to remember that FedEx news that we saw last week, we saw significant selling off uh, in the industrials oh, yeah. and the uh, materials. And those are really the ones that are coming back. So you might be Good seeing point. a little bit of a retracement bounce um, here. So I, I'm not saying that, that, you know, that could be the case, but I would lean more towards the technical than say, hey, I need some more follow through to, to, to be able to, to put a, a pin on that. One thing area that I do see that is very um, interesting, and we talked about it last Last week, the banks. So if you bring up like the KRE, which is the regional banks, if you bring up the KBE, which is going to be the S and P 500 um, ETF that that tracks banks, they're up. They were up almost two percent today, and we saw the same type of uh, trading last week when the overall market was down. So there might be a sense where traders may be positioning themselves and thinking that maybe the short term or shorter duration uh, fixed income products uh, like the five year or the two year treasury, maybe they're close to a peak, right? And that could be the case, you know, banks themselves, they lend on, you know, they borrow on the short end, they lend on the long end of the curve here. So they want to be able to, to see or call out that particular peak. That might be an opportunity for a lot of traders that could weather the storm for the long term. And I'll go back to uh, what Scott was saying too, with the, with the labor situation. Yes, that is going to be there. That has been the problem. You'd like to see wages increase a little bit slightly over what inflation is doing. That shows economic growth. So you can make a, 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 you know, a case there. But Oliver, if you told the market, and I think Powell should do this, if you come out and tell the market, hey, uh, we still have about two and a quarter percent 
increases left to go, and that's going to be the cost of capital, I think businesses are going to slow down on hiring, and they're going to figure out uh, what they really need and what they can do without. Uh, and I don't think that's really being conveyed right now. We're doing these little bites and, and chunks. But if you say, hey, your cost of capital is going to go up two and a quarter percent, mm -hmm. that's going to make a lot of companies, you know, pull back right if they rethink about what the strategy is and i think that would be the most effective thing they've been talking the talk now they got to kind of walk the walk a little bit totally that's why i'm shocked the cruise lines have been doing so well the last couple of months because they've got a ton of debt and they should be very uh, uh you know under pressure they're very much kind of the target of uh companies that are going to have to deal with rising interest rates in a way that has real impact on the balance sheet all right guys we got to jump nice uh, nice chat gentlemen appreciate it, guy kevin good contributions here as always